This is the Elite Development Podcast, a show with the aim of helping athletes evolve in every element of their careers through real-world advice and experience. I'm your host, Kenny Dussault. I'm a strength and conditioning coach in Calgary, Alberta, with a singular focus on building better athletes. And now, let's get to the episode. All right, so thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Gabe Napton, a former professional football player and now gym owner. And Gabe, to start us off, I just wanted to say thanks for agreeing to do this. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me, man. And uh, it's, a, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, just to start things off, do you think you could give us a little bit of background on yourself, uh, who you are, what you do, and a uh, little background with your athletic career as well? All right. Yeah, I'm Gabe Napton. Um, I've played in the CFL for, I think it was six seasons, maybe six and a little bit of a seventh season. Um, right now, I am a cattle rancher in Colorado, in northern Colorado. I also have opened up a gym called Different Breed Performance, where we focus on um, training younger athletes. Well, we started with just wanting to train younger athletes, football players and stuff like that, but we've kind of moved to working with everybody who wants to make big changes in their life, being physical. You know, we help with um, mental toughness and stuff like that as well. So that's kind of our, our deal, and we're just kind of growing as we go. and. Um, but about myself personally, so I grew up in Colorado, went to the University of Wyoming, played, um, I was a four-year starter for the Wyoming Cowboys. After that, um, I had a few workouts with the NFL, didn't work out for me, so um, that kind of was tough. It was a tough time for me, but I knew I was a good football player, so I jumped into some arena football about half a season, and I did really well there, and then um, got an opportunity to go up to Canada, which it was football. So I was a hundred percent down with it. I wanted to continue my career and really didn't know what the CFL was all about. But when I got up there, I fell in love with it, um, made the team for the Montreal Alouettes and, um, was a starter for many years up there and, um, had a great time, met a lot of cool people, friends that all talked to for the rest of my life um was able to see all of canada which i really enjoyed that and um was able to expose my family to different places and stuff like that and all that stuff is um makes me a rich man i think absolutely agree uh so that had to be a pretty tough transition how did you handle moving from the college game in the u.s uh down to canada obviously i know there are some rule changes and obviously being in a new country has got to be a tough transition to make there too you know, a lot of people ask me about that, um, and honestly, I didn't even, it didn't even, like, the one thing that took me a little bit of time was being a yard off the ball, Okay. but other than that, like, once that ball snapped, I mean, it's football. I mean, a lot of people always ask me, well, how, was it just weird, and was it, did you feel like the field was longer, and I never even realized any of that, like, I get so – right when that ball snapped, it's it's just football, and that's how I treated it. Like, it didn't take me long to get used to it. I had one job, get after the quarterback, and that, that doesn't change whether you're playing in America or for the quarterback, and that's kind of how I did it. I was like, okay, and then all of a sudden somebody would punt a ball or catch a ball and punt it, and then I'd go, well, that's weird. But then, I mean, you know, you just go with it. 
Yeah, absolutely. It makes sense. Like whether you're in the U.S., whether you're in Canada, whether you're in college, whether you're in the pros, you got to get the quarterback. The quarterback's right there. Not much else changes past that, right? Yeah, exactly. That's that's my rules, and those are the ones I'm sticking to. So that's kind of how I went about it. Oh, that's perfect. And um, and yeah, so I mean, my next question was going to be about biggest struggles adjusting to the game, but I guess really and truly looks seems like uh, yours was a pretty straightforward transition. Went from get the quarterback to um, keep getting the quarterback. Yeah, I guess. But one thing that was kind of different for me. So in college, I was a um, I was probably a better run stopping player than I was getting after the. I mean, I was good at both. I was good at getting after the quarterback, but one of my main strengths was stopping the run. And I mean, when you're when you're down here in the states and it's college football, I mean, you're playing teams that are. I mean, they're running powers. They're running traps. You're you're playing the run like it's a downhill run game, and yeah. that. I, and of course, you do play zone reads and stuff like that. But most of the stuff that I was used to playing, it was like downhill take on the pulling guard or fullback head on, you know, like just kind of shorter run game like that. So when I got up to Canada, it took me a little bit to realize like, Hey, you're not going to see a lot of stuff that's going to come right up the middle. It's going to all be outside stuff. So you gotta, you gotta play your technique, get off and run. And that's, that was kind of the only thing that was a little different for me, you know, but like, like I said, I mean, I got used to it as pretty quick. So it wasn't a big problem. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, as far as then the transitions, like, so going from, I'm assuming you played in high school as well, going from level to level, like high school up to college and college into the pros. Can you talk a little bit about like the biggest differences, whether it's like coach expectations, um, your own preparation or just anything else that changed as you sort of moved up the ranks? Yeah, um, it's funny you ask this because I just was a, a high school kid wanted to interview me about some stuff, and I was talking to him about this. And the way I, I saw it and the way that it is is, okay, so you get done with high school football. You graduate, you get your scholarship, whatever it might be, you go to the next level. Well, all the next level is is a bunch of good high school players, great high school players. It's all the best high school players around you know so you're then you're in that level takes a little while the game's a lot faster everybody's everybody's faster everybody's stronger you know that that's one jump then you get up to pros and all of that is is all the best and even in cfl nfl i i consider them the same i mean there's guys that i've played with in the cfl that they, they would have no problem playing in the NFL. And I tell people this all the time. I mean, there's plenty of guys all over the CFL. You look on any single team, and those guys, you put them on an NFL team, they'll thrive and they'll do great. And a lot of people don't see it that way, but I do. And, and I've lived it because I know. I mean, but then you go from college and you get up to pro, CFL, NFL, whatever it might be. And all it is is everybody from college that was super fast, super good at football, super strong, they're all in the in the pros now. So then you got to adjust that way. The one thing that's different about the pros is it's on you really to to put in the work. I mean, you could work as hard as you want or you could work as you know as less as you want, really. 
I mean, it's kind of on you. Whereas college and high school, you're getting pushed by your coaches. Like you're kind of told, you know, get in the weight room, do your strength training, do all that stuff. When you get to the pros, like, of course they have programs and stuff like that, but it's kind of up to you to take care of your body. I mean, I, I would find myself whenever I wasn't playing football, I was doing stuff to make me better at football, whether it be stretching um, extra weight training, stuff like that. I mean, that's stuff you got to do, especially when you start getting up there in age, like you, you've got to do it or else you're going to fall off. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with like, for example, that high school kid that was talking to you the other day, or really to any of the high school kids out there that are hoping to play pro, whether it's CFL or NFL, do you have any advice, anything that you would say they should be starting to do or starting to work on right now to set them up for that success in the future? Yeah, I would say play every sport that you can. I'd say jump in, play some basketball, play some um, lacrosse, get, get some baseball in, whatever, you know, track and field, everything. I think um, nowadays I think a lot of kids think you got to focus on one sport. That doesn't make you a good athlete. What makes you a good athlete is getting into every single sport, learning new things. Um, I would say do stuff that you're uncomfortable with. Yeah. Um, being uncomfortable in something only makes you better because it, it does two things. It, it makes you mentally tough because you don't feel comfortable doing it. Yeah. So when you do it and you, and you start getting better at it, it builds up your confidence and makes you mentally tougher. But um, sure. yeah, I was saying just do every sport you can. Um, it only makes you a better athlete. Yeah. And just what you're getting into there about, uh, you know, doing things you're uncomfortable with. I think that's like, I think you nailed it there is just that, you know, especially as you move up in sports, you're going to be presented with difficult situations. You're going to be presented with situations you're uncomfortable with. So if you are 14, 15 and getting used to doing that stuff now, I think it's only going to continue to serve you as you get older and as you get into those higher levels. Oh yeah, exactly. Um, I've gotten big into just trying new things. And throughout my career, when I became a professional, just doing stuff that is uncomfortable, even if it's not with sports, just like, you know, talking in front of people. Um, yeah, just um, public speaking, stuff like that. That was one big thing for me. But you know what? After you start doing it for a little bit, you get comfortable. And then your whole outlook on things changes. You go, hey, I can do anything that I want if I put my mind to it. Um, because a lot of sports, it's not all about how you do physical. Well, a lot of it's how you do physically, but you need to be mentally tough and you need to know that when the chips are down and everybody's against you, that there's one person that could get you out and it's yourself. And I've learned that because I've came, when I got done with college and the NFL didn't work out, no one believed in me. Like I said, I mean, there's only one person that could get you out of tough times and it's yourself. And I'd like to talk to you a little more, if you don't mind, about those NFL opportunities and just sort of how you got through that, because that's obviously got to be a pretty, pretty tough time to go through in the moment. But uh, can you talk a little bit about that, how it was having those not work out and how, the, how you were able to push through that? Yeah, so coming out of college, I had a few workouts that didn't work out, basically just got turned down. Um, little stint with the 49ers and again, just did not work out for me. And, um, one thing about myself though, is when stuff's not working out, I do anything in my power to make it work for myself. Yeah. And that's kind of what I did. I mean, I had two choices. I either 
could choose to give up my football career or keep going. And that's exactly what I did. And then, I mean, I was able to extend my career seven more years, which to me is, is a big jump. Yeah, that's, I mean, after that, and then I, then I started uh, playing in the CFL, which was huge for me. I was able to play many more years of football. And then, you know, that's just, it, it made me proud of myself for keeping, keeping the faith in what I do. Was there anything that, anything that you worked on, anything that you sort of tried to push, or is it just sort of a natural thing you've had in yourself to always keep pushing if it's something you want? Yeah, I knew that if I would get an opportunity to be, you know, if I was given an opportunity to come to camp and it was a fair opportunity, then I knew I could make a team. So, um, thank God Montreal brought me in, you know, they, um, they gave me a chance and that's all I needed. I, that's what I told everybody. I told an agent that I was working with. I said, all I need is a chance. I told my agent, I said, you get me to a camp. And I promise you that after, at, by the end of that football camp, I'll be starting. I'll be the starting defensive end. And, you know, I'm sure he hung up the phone and laughed at me. But I told him, I said, tell Jim Pop that too. I said, I don't want to go to really – I was so tired of going to all these workouts where they just have you run 40s and do all that stuff. And there's hundreds of people there. I just told him, I said, you tell him that if he brings me on the team and gives me a shot and gives me some reps that I'll make that team and I'll end up being his starting defensive end. I don't know if you ever told him that or not, but after camp, that's exactly what happened. I was just starting defensive end and I called my agent and I was like, I told you. So that's kind of how it worked out for me. I just, I knew that I was a good football player. I knew I didn't have to change anything about what I do. I mean, I probably brought a little bit of a, different kind of defensive end for the CFL. I wasn't ever in my career a real quick guy off the edge doing a lot of speed rush, but I knew one thing that I was strong and I could push people back and get to the quarterback that way. And that's kind of how I played the ball. When I, when I, my first few years starting up there, I was 265 pounds. Oh, wow. And I mean, in the CFL at a, at a defensive end, you're only I mean, your guys are usually 240. You might have a couple guys that are a little bigger, but I knew that I was one of the biggest guys. I know John Chick probably was around that same size, but me and him had a, a lot similar game gameplay style. But that's kind of what I did. Is I was like, these guys are – these tackles are used to blocking speed guys. I'm just going to smash heads with them all game long, and sooner or later I'll get to the quarterback, and that's kind of what I did. That's awesome. I love that. You just kind of had your style, knew the way you were going to be able to play the game and just kept pushing at it. Yeah. And I think that now that I'm coaching kids and stuff, the worst thing a coach could do to a player is try to change what they do good. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and I actually, Noel Thorpe, I, I had a coach, Noel Thorpe, I think he's with the Eskimos now. And I kind of learned that from him is sometimes I'd look at these other guys and I'd go, gosh, I got to learn to do some speed. I got to learn to rush the edge and stuff. Every time I did that, I would have a terrible game. And he just sat me down and he goes, just do what you do. He's like, do what you do and do it good and just keep getting better at it. And, yeah, and like I was saying, Noel told me that. And ever since that, it kind of stuck with me. I was like, these guys know what I'm going to do. The, half the tackles I played against, they knew what I was going to do all game long. But 
to me, it didn't matter because sooner or later they were going to get tired and I was going to break one and get a sack. Yeah. And I'll just, you know, I'll, I'll butt heads with them all game long and eventually get there. And that's kind of what I did. I mean, it wasn't a, it wasn't a big surprise. Those guys knew that when they were going to line up against me, it was going to be a long, hard game. And that's what I gave them. And um, play after play, eventually I'd win. Yeah, I really like what you said there just about, you know, again, doing what you do. And so, like, you know, going through those times where you're trying to maybe adapt your game to be a little more like what these other guys are doing. But then the second you kind of realize, hey, I've got to play my game and play my game really well there's always going to be a spot on the team for a guy who's able to do that, right? If you can do it better than the other guys and you do it your way, there's always going to be a spot for someone like that. Yep, and just being consistent. I remember um, I was talking to some young kids when I got, I think it was like my fifth year, fourth or fifth year, and I was talking to them and I said, the number one thing you can do that will make you a great professional is consistency. I told him straight up, and I, I never lied about it to myself or to anyone else. I said, they're going to bring some defensive ends in, in, you know, in the training camp that, guess what? They might be a little better than me. They might be faster. Um, but they're not going to do it as consistent as I do because I'm going to do it day in and day out. And I always knew that come, like, you know, those first few days – there'd be guys looking really, really good. Of course, I'd be looking good too, but come that fifth day, fifth, sixth day when everybody gets sore and tired, I knew one thing that was for sure is, was that I was going to show up out of all those guys that they were bringing in to get a spot. I was going to show up and I was going to beat them out in those later days because that's what I do. I'm consistent. I just keep doing what, what I knew best and how my gameplay was. I would just stick with it and just keep grinding day in and day out. Sooner or later, people are going to get tired, and that's where I hung my hat on all my training and stuff like that because I trained so hard in the offseason. I mean, it's harder than a football season when I'd come home because my training was just that way. So then when I get to camp, I knew, you know, get me to that fourth, fifth day of camp, and I'm still going to be going strong while other people are falling off, and that's what made me play so long in the CFL. I love that. Nah, the next thing I wanted to sort of get into was – the, the role of physical preparation, that uh, what that took in your career as well. So talking about the off-seasons, can you go into a little bit what your, what your off-season program would kind of look like? Yeah, mine was probably a lot different than most people. So like I said, I work on a ranch here. And when I'm home, I don't – I mean, I'm working. So yeah. I have a job trying to make some extra money, which – you know, I'm glad I did. Um, so I'd wake up in the morning. I'd take care of cows. I'd get up about, oh, 4, 30, 5 o'clock in the morning, take care of cows, do my chores, do all that stuff, get all the feeding done. And then after that, I mean, I'm talking, it, it was probably uh, 10 o'clock or so. Then I would go train. I'd drive an hour and a half to Denver because there's a good strength coach there that I um, – He's a good friend of mine now. He's actually the head strength coach for the Denver Broncos. His name's Lauren Landau. Okay. He has a facility facility in Denver. So I'd go up there and I'd work out for two hours probably, work out, run, do my do my sprints and all that stuff, speed work, explosive work, um, heavy weight training. And then after that, I would go to a facility in Denver and 
um, do hot tub, cold tub contrast, roll out, stretch, sit in the steam room, all that kind of stuff. And then four days a week after I did that, I would go do um, some prep with, you know, footwork on the field, uh, get offs, all that kind of stuff, pass rush. And I mean, that's a full day by the time you're done, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's like, that's something that, you know, kids when they're growing up right now, a lot of the time, you know, you can see the professional athlete lifestyle and, you know, it looks like a lot of fun playing games on Sunday and, you know, living life the rest of the week. And I think what they miss sometimes is, you know, the stuff behind the scenes, those kinds of days that they're not seeing from all their, all those guys they're following. Right. So that's what I really want oh, yeah. to do is dig into that stuff. And really like, if you want to be that guy on TV, what do you need to be doing the rest of your time, the rest of the time when the cameras aren't on you, right? Yeah, I mean, the hardest thing is getting work done when no one's watching. And, I mean, that brings us to what right now. I mean, no one's watching anybody. I mean, you could film your workouts on social media, whatever you might do. But in the end, there's only one person that gets you out of bed and gets you to the gym, and it's yourself. You can sit there and make excuses all the time. But one thing that changed for me, and you know what? I've worked out all through high school and stuff like that. But when I got to the pros, it changed for me to where there were days and weeks that I'd wake up and go, I don't feel like doing this. But then all I would say to myself is I'd, I'd say, this is what you do. And, you know, just that little, just that little, and I'd say it out loud. I'd go, hey, this is what you do. And I got so used to just telling myself that, that nowadays, I mean, I'm still, I still wake up at 4.30 in the morning and I'll go crush a workout as hard as I can. And, you know, it's, it's no different for me because I still say the same thing. I'm like, hey, this is what you do. It's what makes me happy. Um, it's just once you realize, hey, don't bitch about it and complain about it, just do it. It gets a lot easier. And it, it sounds weird, but I think people will go through a, a time or just a little moment that they, it switches for them. And that's, I mean, that's how I was all through my career. And honestly, I still do it today. Like a fun time for me is when I get into my garage and this was last week is sometimes I'll just get in, I'll get bored on a Sunday. Like my kids are taking a nap, my wife's inside doing something and I'll just go, okay, I'm going to go into the garage and I am going to kill myself. Like I'll go in there and I'll just, I'll work out until I, sometimes that's the best workout for me is when I'm completely alone, I'll just get in the zone and I'll go, I'm going to see how hard and how much I could push my body. And there's been multiple times that I'll come out of my garage and just throw up and call me. I mean, it, a lot of people probably don't do that, but to me, I love seeing how far I can push myself. And I mean, my friends are like, you're nuts because I'll go out and I'll just, you know, or if it's a snowy day, I'll go do some crazy stuff, some ball tosses, sprints in the yard, just in deep snow and just try to see if my body can handle it. And you know what? Every single time my body handles it, I'll get through that workout. I'll push myself as hard as I can, might throw up, you know, but after that, that's one of the best feelings to me is just knowing that, um, knowing what your body can handle because a lot of people don't really know and it's a lot your body can handle a lot yeah yeah well like 
the one you just reminded me of David Goggins and how he talks about how, you know, when you think you're done, you're only about 40% of the way really done. And it is, it is pretty amazing when you learn to flip that switch and you learn to push like that, what your body's actually capable of doing. Yeah, exactly. That's why I love my new thing is coaching these young kids because when they first come in, you know, they're, they might be think they're mentally tough and stuff like that. And I'll start putting them through a workout and they're just, you know, they're dying, but I, I'll tell them all the time. I'll say, Hey, it's mental. It's all mental. It's all mental. And I'm sure they get tired of me saying that, but it's true because then come three weeks later, I'm putting them through the same workout and they are absolutely crushing it and yeah. they're wanting more. And I'm, I, I tell them, I say, Hey, see what I mean? Once you start thinking you can do something, your, your mind will take you a lot further than your body can and will it will i mean it'll push your body your mind as soon as your mind goes that body's gonna follow right behind it yeah and i think a really important thing especially with a sport like football like it's you know obviously high speed high contact if like if you train hard and you push yourself the right way in the off season like what you were saying about your off season being harder than your season if you're training that way and you're pushing yourself that way then when you come into your season there's nothing that a football team can throw at you that you're not going to be able to handle. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's kind of how you got to go about it. I mean, I was always into big time preparation. So like I said, I'd go in my garage and just completely push myself till I was sick, you know, and, but I knew that there was going to be a game where everybody else is tired, but I knew that one person that was going to be toughing it out was going to be myself. And that's, um, that, that, that's why I hang my hat on training in the off season. I mean, guys who don't put in that time of work, um, it's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah. And so I'd like to take that into a little more about your gym that you've opened now. Cause I think, Again, that mentality and the way that you were pushing yourself as a player and you were that consistent as a player, do you feel like you've taken that uh, to a large degree into your coaching as well? Oh, yeah, big time. I mean, uh, my buddy that actually is in with me on this gym, I played with him at Wyoming, and he's the same type, type of guy. I knew – I mean, you, you, have your, you have your group of guys that you know on a team that, that you can look at when shit starts getting really rough or you're getting your butts kicked and you can look at and you can look them in the eyes and, and you can go, okay, this guy, he's, he's down to fight this thing out. And that's, that's my partner. So our gym, um, I'm going to tell this right now, our, our gym's going to put out a bunch of badass dudes and that's kind of, and you know what, if they can't hack it, they can go off to gold's gym or do something on their own. But, our gym's going to put out some good athletes that are going to be mentally tough. And, and the thing about it is a lot of coaches and stuff know that too. A lot of coaches in division one football that I know, or that I've played with, they know what kind of players my, my gym's going to start putting out and football wise. I mean, of course, we're not going to, we're not going to get into this with, you know, just normal people that want to come in and get training, but football athlete wise, I've got a couple college kids that will start coming in and um, oh, we're, we're going to make them tough. They're going to be ready to go and we'll make sure of it. I'm putting them through all the same stuff that I've done when I was 
a five-year professional in the CFL. So they'll be ready, no doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah, because I really like just, again, that whole mentality of, you know, being the guy who's willing to fight anything out. Because I think really and truly when you're – not that I played professional sports myself at all, but when you're playing sports at that kind of level – Obviously, it's great to have the skill of the game. It's great to have those qualities that everyone sees on TV. But I think, my opinion, and you know, correct me if you think I'm wrong, but I think that grit and that will to fight anything out, that determination, and just those little bit more behind-the-scenes factors are what really set a player apart in a coach's eyes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you want guys that, you know – and it's true. There's some guys that play ball and play football that are out there and they love the cameras on them. They love the lights on them. They love all the fans. And my, the way I've always attacked football in my whole career and what I was told when I was a freshman in uh, college by my um, linebacker coach, he's like, hey, you got to love this game so much and you've got to have so much heart that you could pull up in the middle of a parking lot, nobody around, and play your best football. Nobody around, just you and your teammates against another team. And that's kind of how I've treated my, my whole career and my, my whole life, and that's exactly what I'm going to pass on to my kids. I mean, that's what you want your players to be. You want them to be, hey, if you're going to some stadium that there's 10 people in the stands, you're still going to ball out and you're still going to give everything you got. It don't matter who's watching. That's how, that's how I want my kids to play ball. And that's, that's how I played ball always. I, I mean, I could care less about, uh, I love the fans, CFL fans, great fans, but you know what? I could line up in a, in a cornfield and play, play some football and, and work just as hard as I do when I'm playing, if I were to play in a great cup, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's kind of, Exact. That's just how I how I am. Once once that helmet's on, it's on, and um, that's what I'm going to teach these kids. I mean, you got to love the game. I love uh, I love the game of football so much, and I still love it. And it it's hard for me not to be playing it. But you know what? I'm throwing everything I got into this coaching right now, and that's you know that's what I'm going to teach these young players. And I think it's already, it's already seeping into a few of them because I can already see how they work out in my gym. You know what? I don't yell at anybody. I don't – there's some strength coaches and coaches that will be screaming at somebody. I don't have to yell. Kids know what I'm all about, and they know when they come into the gym it's all work time. We're going to laugh and have fun and, and joke around and bullshit, but at the end of the day, we're going to get better. And that's what different breed performance is all about. I mean, that's where I came up with the name. I'm like, hey, throughout my career, I considered myself a different breed. And that's what I want all my athletes to be is a different breed. You know, a freak, someone different, someone that's willing to put in extra work, someone that's willing to go out and get shit done when no one else wants to. And that's kind of where I came up with the different breed name and yeah, it's honestly, it's a lifestyle. That's something I live by is being a different breed. I mean, I do, that's, that's how I live. I do crazy stuff. I work out until I throw up by myself and then I'll go in and jump in a iced over lake to ice my body. Like that's, that's how I live. And I, I love it. And it's not to get followers or shit like that. It's just how I, how I live. Like that's, so that's kind of what I'm instilling into my gym. Yeah, I love what you're saying just about, you know, again, loving the game that much. Because obviously, 
yeah, you can enjoy having the fans there or you can enjoy having the cameras or whatever it is. But I think, again, like you said, the ability to line up and play the same game if you've got 10 people in the crowd or if you've got 100,000 people in the crowd is, again, just going to set yourself apart and just create that different breed like you were saying. Yep. And that and all that is is it goes right back to consistency. I mean, yeah, you just need to be consistent. It don't matter who's watching. I mean, there's guys that play good football games when they're in big time situations, which is great. I mean, that's cool. You've always got to have guys like that. But on my football team, if I was to put together something, I want guys that are going to kick ass every single play of every game in every game no matter who they're playing they're going to go 100 percent every single play and it don't matter what the situation is because those are the guys i'm willing to go to war with i've played with a lot of bunch a bunch of guys that are that way and that and i mean it's only helped me to become a better player and then it's going to transfer over into your life too yeah how do you feel like that kind of mentality in sport, how do you feel like that does transfer over into your life? Do you feel like for yourself that's been a that's been a huge impact on just sort of again, we've talked about your gym, but just, you know, the way you live day to day as well? Do you feel like that's something people should be trying to bring from sport into life more often? I think so. I think sport has taught me and just I think I've taught myself through sports that hey when, when things are down, this goes back to what I was saying earlier. When things are down myself, and that's how I live my life. So when I got released from Montreal this year and didn't get signed up this year, you know, a lot of people sit down and cry and, you know, worry about what's going on or worry about their future. And I knew one thing. I was like, hey, I smiled and laughed. I was like, it's all right. I'll figure something else out and I'll make it even better. So that's what I did. And then I opened up the gym and I was like, my wife told me, she's like, you sure? You sure you got a lot on your plate? Because I'm actually, I'm getting my EMT right now also. I'm going to be a fireman part-time. Well, I'm going to be a fireman, which the schedule's awesome. So I can run my gym and stuff like that along with it. So I was like, I'll make it work no matter what. And I'm going to open up this gym and I'll make it work. And then some people will call me during this time, you know, and go, oh, how you doing? Like, give me like the little sob. And I'm like, hey, We'll be fine. Don't worry about it because I'm going to pull I'm gonna pull this out. Once this is all done, it's going to explode. Once I get a few kids in, in here working out, which I already have a few, they're going to go to their football team and their weight room, and they're going to be crushing those weights. And people are going to go, where the hell have you been working out? <laughs> they're going to say different breed performance, and it's going to be good. And that's just how – and I'll make it good no matter what. You're always going to hit bumps and road bumps in the road in life that's how it is that's how it is in football that's how it is in life but you either you have two things you can do you either don't or you do and I'm more of a guy that I get stuff done and I'm a doer so I'll make it work yeah and I mean I think it's just that right it's like I think if anything that I've taken away from this interview today is just just the consistency and just the mindset of whatever else is happening doesn't matter I'm going to make it work and I'm going to make it happen. And I think you've, you've taken yep, exactly. that admirably. I think you've taken that admirably from playing into coaching as well. I'm excited to see NFLers start to start to churn out of your gym. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be good, but yeah, that's, that's it. Exactly. As you just gotta, I mean, it's, 
it's scary times right now in the whole world. A lot of people are going through different stuff. <clears throat> and it goes right into that, too. I mean, you could either don't or you do. I mean, you could sit around and worry about all this stuff. And, you know, worrying's not going to get you anywhere. So if you could just smile and attack each day and do something that's going to make you a better person, hug your kids, laugh, go have fun, work out, you know, dive into something, a new hobby, all that stuff. I mean, that's doing. And that's how you want to live your life, really. So, Yeah, man, absolutely. And um, just, just before we wrap up, I think uh, we've gotten a ton of good stuff out of this so far. But just before we wrap up, uh, you were talking about how the different breed mentality and the different breed attitude that you bring into your gym, that you brought into your career. You talked about how it's starting to seep into some of those young athletes that you're working with now. Is there anybody you'd want to shout out, anybody that you think has really been making progress over the last little while? that you'd want to give some credit to? Yeah, we have one kid that came in. Um, his name's Trevin, and he um, he came in about uh, maybe a month ago or so. I was worried, a little worried about him because he was he was getting real tired and stuff, and I was like, geez, I hope, I hope these workouts I'm putting him through aren't really just, you know, taking him down to the point. Because sometimes you can work out somebody so hard where they're like, you know what, I just, I'm not feeling this. But you know what? He stuck through it, and now every single week I'm watching this kid, and he comes in there, and he his by the time he walks out of our gym, his whole shirt is just drenched. He's just sweating, and you know what? The other day we put on his old max on squat, and the kid hit it for five reps, and that was his old uh, that was his old one rep max. And I told him, I said, you know, I I tell parents and these kids when they come in. I say, I don't want to be cocky, but the program I'm going to put you through, if you do it right and you listen to me, I'll 100% guarantee you that you'll get stronger. And if you don't, then you can take your money back. We'll pay you back your money and, and you could go on your way. But if you do this right and you listen to me, you'll get stronger. And that's just what we're seeing with, with them coming in. We're, they're getting stronger, not only physically, but you can tell their, their mental toughness is going up too because they're just working through it and they love it too. And that's what I want to do is I want to get kids in there and teach them how to work hard because yeah. work, working hard goes a long way in life. I mean, nothing's going to be given to you and, and the world is a tough place. So if you can hang your hat on hard work, something good always happens to people who work hard. That's just how I, that's how I look at it. And that's what I'm teaching these kids. I tell them that straight to their face. I'll say, Hey, this hard work you're doing, if you consistently do it all the time, it's not just working out. It's learning how to live in this world. And that's yeah. kind of – that sounds a little cheesy, but that's that's how I think of it. And I think, too, like I, I would completely agree because, again, what I find the more of these interviews that I'm doing and also just, you know, the more I work in strength and conditioning and, uh, you know, the world of elite performance sport is that – like those qualities that you're teaching through training or through sport itself, it's not just good for sport, right? It's good for life as well. If you take that hard work and that dedication and you put that into running your own business as you're doing right now after a playing career, you're like, you're already a step ahead of a lot of people just through that desire and that work ethic that you've built yourself. 
Yeah, exactly. And one more thing I want to say, and I, I kind of, I got it from a, a podcast. I listened to a lot of podcasts. I, I think it was from uh, the Joe Rogan podcast, but I was listening to it and um, something he said really, really hit me. And, and I knew exactly what he was talking about. He said that if you, for fun, if you put yourself, if you put your mind and your body through stress, when other stresses hit you in life, it's going to be easier to deal with them. Yeah. And that's kind of goes to working out. If you working out is a stress on your body, mentally getting up in the morning, going into the gym, putting your body through hell, that's all a stress. So if you get comfortable being in a stressful situation to the point where that stressful situation working out is fun then when you get other stresses in life, it's good. And that's kind of, that kind of work out. Now I'll go crush the gym, a workout in the morning. And then I feel so good afterwards. And I, it makes me feel like a, like Superman. Cause I know I'm like, Hey, I just did the hardest thing I'm going to do today physically. So, Hey, world. But oh, we're just cutting out. Yeah, exactly. I, I feel like um, I've gotten to the point where I do some kind of workout, working out or physical activity every single day because I know that when I don't do that, my day isn't optimized as much. When I work out in the morning or, or I get a workout in during the day, I know that I'm going to have a good day or, yeah. or it's going to be hard for me to have a bad day, honestly, because that's just – once you get real, real deep into physical activity and stuff like that, that's kind of how it is. I mean, you probably know how it is, and you thrive when you when you get a good workout in, and that's kind of what I do every single day. So even if it, you know, a little is better than nothing. So even if I gotta crush a quick workout in thirty minutes, I'll do it because I know it's gonna set me up for a good day, mentally and physically. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that like one of the most common expressions I hear about even just, you know, apart from not talking athletes specifically, but just for anybody, you know, it's always really hard to start working out. But then once you're in it, and once you're once you're in it, and once you love it, then it's hard to stop. Yeah, exactly. The, the, the toughest time to get into working out if you've never done it before is the first week, I think. After you put in a good first week, if you could drag yourself in there and get a first weekend, then you start getting the taste of what it's really about, and then you'll love it. Yeah. So if you could just get get yourself in there, and there's still days. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's still days that I don't feel like working out, but I always tell myself, I say, hey, if you could just get right through that door and start your workout, boom, then I'm then it's game on. Once I once I get through that warm up and my workout started. You know, I've, I've already forgotten about, oh, this is going to suck. This is, and then I'm sitting there pushing myself to, you know, to, to the end. So, yeah. And just, again, this is what you do, right? That same attitude going into everything. It's like the second you've got that thought of, oh, I don't feel like it today. This is what you do. And you're able to find the way to get yourself going and get yourself through it anyway. Yep, exactly. And once you, once you can um, rely on, self-motivation that's what helps helps a lot if you could motivate yourself nobody else nobody else is pumping you up nobody i mean don't get me wrong i like to blast loud heavy metal music that's what 
gets me going and that's what I do for my whole workout. But in the end, it's self-motivation. You got to get in there and lift that weight yourself. No one's going to lift it for you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Do you have any, just uh, last question for you. Do you have anything for those young athletes that might struggle a little bit with self-motivation might, uh, you know, skip out on those extra reps? Do you have first anything you just want to say to them in general or any tips and tricks that maybe can kind of keep pushing them through and keep helping them learn how to self-motivate? Um, I think goals. If you, if you wake up in the morning and you write down your goals, and I've actually done this before, I'd write it on my mirror. Right when I get in the morning, I'd write down my goals. And I know a lot of people do that, but it helped me a lot. I'd write down my goals. And then all my goals were, hey, you need to get so-and-so sacks. You need to, um, you know, all, all were pretty physical. I mean, I had some that was like, you know, make somebody smile during the day, stuff like that. But a lot of those goals that are going to contribute to what you're doing athletically, whether it's your sport and stuff, there's one thing that's going to help those goals, and it's going to be working out. And I knew, I said, if I want to be a good football player, if I want to be one of the best defensive ends playing, if I want to be a leader on my team, there's one thing that's going to make all those goals happen. And that's going to be hard work in the gym and physical preparation. And that's kind of what motivated me. That's, that's awesome. And I think that those little tricks, like writing down your goals and stuff like that, I know that's something I do as well. And I think it, it really is an underrated tool, right? Cause you can, yeah. You can have it in the back of your mind what you want to do in the day, but the second you're staring at it and the second you're looking at it, I think it just makes it that much more real. Yep, exactly. And, and the best feeling in the world is when you can pull out that pencil and you pull out your little sheet of goals and you start crossing that shit off because that's, what, that's a good feeling. And I still do it to this day. I mean, I, my goals are like – you know, I, I know I'm going to work out, so that's not a goal for me. I, I know that's going to happen. But my goals are like yard work and getting stuff done around the house. And as small as those little, those little goals are, every Sunday night I'll write down what I need to get done through the week. The worst feeling is when you get to Friday and you haven't crossed anything off. Yeah. But the best feeling is when you're sitting there, you know, you come Friday night and every single one of those goals has a line through it. And that's – I mean, those could be little things. Those could be huge things also. Yeah. I mean, it's just it, – it's yeah, it's completely overrated. That's – I think a lot of people need to just write down their goals because once you write them down, they're on paper now. You can't do anything about them. Yeah, yeah. Except get them done. Yeah, exactly. Then it just makes <laughs> that much more real, that much clearer of exactly what you need to do every time – every yeah. day. Uh, so just in wrapping up, uh, for anyone who might be in the Denver area or might be somewhere around you, where can they find you? How can they reach out to you? And, uh, can you give them a little bit about the services you can provide both in the gym and if they're interested, maybe even in the cattle ranching too? Yeah. So, um, you can find me on all my social media, Gabe Napton, Facebook. Um, same thing on Twitter. If you search my name, I'll come up, um, Twitter and Instagram, but yeah, um, you know, if you're in the area, if you want some training, come stop by. Um, for the time being right now, also, we're, we're doing online coaching videos and stuff like that for people who are interested in that, as well as um, workouts and, and whatnot through this time. I, I know I, I just sent a workout out to somebody who I told him to get um, a couple big jugs of water. Big, I think they were two-gallon jugs of water they sell at, like, 
Safeway or Costco, wherever, wherever they shop to get a workout in with those, because you could, like I said, you can always do something. I mean, grab a, grab a gallon of water and I promise you, I can put you through a good workout that way with, with two gallons of water. So, um, yeah, doing stuff like that. And then, yeah, that's about it, man. Awesome. Well, again, thanks so much for agreeing to come on the show. I really appreciate your time and, uh, you know, best of luck with everything moving forward. But as I've, uh, as I've learned today, no matter what comes your way, right, you're going to make it work. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks again. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Elite Development Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would greatly appreciate if you subscribed and left a review for the show. As well, I would love to hear what your biggest takeaways were from the episode. My contact info is linked below. Send me a message and let me know what you thought. As always, I'm your host, Kenny Dusso. Thank you again and see you next time.